turkey bacon in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Just a lean protein, easy to get in, you know. Yeah, I have to say, I don't really know if I can get on board with the turkey bacon. Really? <sighs> what, what way do you cook it? Give me the... It's just an air fryer, but you have to be very, very, like, literally one minute over and it's burnt. Serious? Yeah, you have to, it's like, you have to be very precise in your timings, like. So you're on it then? Oh, yeah, yeah, it has to be. So turkey bacon, because it's what, fewer calories, less fat? What's the idea? It's just, it's just lean. So lean it is, yeah, it's just a, a lean meat. So, like, fucking like that fine bacon could, like, just repeat on you or something or something. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you're trying to go and train afterwards, I find it's an easy thing to have in your stomach. You know, and so. are you trying like in this season of life? Are you trying to keep calories low? Are you trying to keep calories high? At the minute, I'm just trying to keep clean. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I, I really I've been sort of all over that um, scale of you know high and low and that kind of thing. But at the minute, it's just really we're trying to eat a bit cleaner. You know, yeah. So if you were doing like a big bulk or you were trying to put on a lot of mass, like. Was there any like go to? This is an insane amount of calories, and it gives me everything that I need. Because it could be tough to get calories in there. It really can, but that was unfortunately never my problem. Being in, in CrossFit, it's um, I always seem to be an easy gainer. You know, so I actually I easily gain mass easy, but I also gain fat easily. Oh, so great. Um, yeah, but it also meant that I was always trying to keep my body weight down or my mm. body fat percentage down. So I never had the luxury of being like, oh, this is my go-to cheat meal. <laughs> I'm not saying that I didn't do it, sure. but it was never like, you know, officially like, oh, this is my gainer meal. This is what I need to have, mm-hmm. you know, to get myself in a surplus. How do you go about trying to figure out like what you want your competition weight to be and all that sort of stuff? Because I imagine like if you put on 10 kg, that's yeah. a big weight to do pull-ups with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really affects you. Literally, um, so particularly in CrossFit, the, the the stature is you know in around eighty five, ninety kilos. I'm about a hundred to hundred and two. So yeah, um, so I've competed between ninety six back in like twenty eighteen, and I'm probably averaging around about a hundred now. Um, so yeah, it's it's literally like putting a weight vest on me. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it is. It's all about. Ideal weight is just basically, you know, you're kind of just go with how you feel. You, you, you know, you work on some sort of thing. So it's especially with CrossFit, it's hard to say because some of your lifts go up and then, you know, your aerobic capacity might not drop a wee bit, but or your gymnastic capacity might drop a wee bit because you're carrying a bit more, bit more load possibly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a real um, seesaw. And um- if you think back to like, you know, I hear people talk about like your natural body weight, like, you know, yeah. the weight that your body would kind of return to if, I don't know, you were like a hunter-gatherer or something. Yeah. How does your weight when you were competing compare to, say, when you were like 16? And um, It's kind of funny, I guess, because I think I never, I didn't really take it too much into account. I guess in my early teens, weight probably would have been a bit of an issue. I would have been a bit of like overweight as a kid. So I think it was something I never really paid much attention to yeah. until like late teens, like literally late teens, until you start like weight training and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I like this, you know, <laughs> I, I'm interested now to see what I weigh, you know. Um, so yeah, sort of mid to late teens is when I sort of got more interested in it. Um so like weights, I'm I'm, normally, I'm gonna assume in around ninety early ni- like ninety kilos, you know, yep. probably about your that's kind of the weight. baseline. Yeah, yeah interesting, yeah. very interesting. You now are two sides of uh, very different coins. I oh, like yeah. the classic 
skinny, scrawny, hard gainer. And they hear you say like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just always been so easy for me to like put on mass. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? I'm, I'm like eating like 4,000 calories a day and like really? scale doesn't budge. Oh, really? Yeah, or maybe I have worms. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Need to get yeah. checked out. But I know I love, uh, love a good like big fan of milk so like yeah okay. milk, peanut butter yeah all that good stuff i'm, I'm yeah. trying to get into me so mate place where i often kind of kick off i love kind of starting from the beginning and just working our way through yeah what's one of the first things that you can remember remember oh, if you cast your mind back like first few things that are like firing off in your head uh, um I, that's a weird one i think i remember um falling off a high stool as a kid and being given a Mars bar. <laughs> so I think I fell off like, onto a concrete floor and I remember just like bawling my eyes out and I don't know what age I was. I'm assuming like, I want to say three or four or something, you know, it was before school anyway. Um, yeah, and I just remember getting fed a Mars bar. So don't know what that says about me. That's it's a great first, life lesson. <laughs> my first memory is um, here. Here's a here's a treat for um, hurting yourself. So yeah. How do know. you feel about Mars bars today? Oh, I still like Mars bars. Yeah. In your in the celebrations, what are you going for and what are you leaving? Uh, leaving probably a bounty. Um, going for is probably a little teaser. Yeah, I think yeah. Those are good choices. Yeah. They're doing away with bounties in some really? of the boxes this year. Yeah. yeah, it's like a big controversy if you're a bounty fan, but <laughs> right. they're like trialing boxes without bounties because you know they did all the data and it was like only eleven percent of people actually enjoy bounties. <laughs> right, right. Okay. But we'll see. It's probably I reckon it's like a PR ploy. Yeah, possibly to get all the possibly. bounty yeah. fanboys on board and see. Well, that's true. Going. Get them all out because everyone seems to who likes bounties like are diehard. <laughs> like they love them. Like so. it's cultish. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> Where were you born and bred? Where'd you grow up? Um, so I was born and bred in a village called Leitrim. It's outside yeah. Castle Wall, um, near Newcastle. Yeah, it's a seaside town there. So yeah, just a small village there. We're born in the. It's in the countryside. Um, it's about two and a half miles from the local GA pitch. So basically from about the age of, I don't know, nine, I guess, grew up from playing GA and, uh, yeah, I'm still there. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to reveal a lot about myself here, but I, I back myself. <laughs> I never played GA growing up. You right? never, right? So okay. it was not part of any of the things that we had on offer. Yeah. GA lads are built different. Right, I mean, okay. they just are even <laughs> now when you go into the gym around the corner like the guys are coming in yeah. they look pretty skinny yeah and they're putting serious serious weight on they yeah, are built yeah, different yeah. what is it about that sport that you think does that it's just um it's it, well it's changed again now so whenever i was even doing it the strength and conditioning was a part of it so it was um but it, at club level, not so much, but then if you started going to university and county level, it was. But now it just seems to be, you know, ever, like they've really unlocked that next level to try and, you know, to create these athletes, you know. Yeah. But as you say, because they are quite like sort of tall and skinny, but yeah, strong, like because they have to, they're basically endurance runners, they have to run for freaking 60 minutes, like all the time. Um, and then, yeah, take the hits and everything. So, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's that also with the mentality of, you know, uh, just ready to ready to die mentality basically yeah yeah, I think, yeah you know yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> help educate me like again this is embarrassing for me it shows you how uncultured i am like 
my framework is rugby. Yeah. So what position did you play and how would you kind of, like, were you a forward or a back? Is that even a thing in GA? <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah, so, like, in rugby, what, so a back would be a forward, isn't rugby? Isn't okay. That right? And then a forward would be a back because the back are the attackers in rugby. Isn't that right? Or yeah, well, the, the back... The backs are kind of like the skinny, fast guys. Yeah, the forwards yeah. are like the big clunkheads. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, well, that wouldn't really say the opposite, but it's it's a wee bit different. So, the, the, the backs would be like the defenders, mm-hmm. and then the forwards are obviously the, the attackers. Yeah, and thing. Then you have uh, people who play in like the middle middle of the field as well. So, classically, it used to be you know you'd have like the weak fast corner forwards who would you know get the ball and try and score and you'd have the big tall um, person in the middle of the field trying to catch the ball then you would have you know your sort of person built like a brick wall in the full back line you know so no one want to go and try and score a goal yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but I, I think that whole thing's kind of changed now to to the physique of like everyone is just an athlete and can run all day <laughs> you know? Man. so yeah. where did you find yourself on the field did it uh, change probably in about uh, probably midfield to forwards yeah so um yeah didn't fancy myself too much of a score but i guess i could sort of run a bit and keep going so mm-hmm. um I guess that's where maybe think where you'd say in CrossFit terms you'd say you got your engine from yeah. <laughs> where yeah, it, start, yeah, yeah. Where I like it started um, yeah so just in around midfield area cool. any yeah. parents sporty anyone else in your family big into not athletics pr- not particularly like the, the dad was just brought up on the farm you know so uh, he guess just, just old always, man strength yeah yeah basically um, so I guess I sort of was um, grew up on uh, doing farm work and things like that as well. So, uh, yeah, just that was kind of the background, really. What was the most physically demanding chore you ever did on the farm? Oh, definitely, like, whenever you have to lift stones after plowing fields, you know, whenever you plow the fields and, you know, you're turning up and you see these stones come up, like, oh, for flip's sake, not more, you know. So you'd have to go around with the, with the, I'm sure there's probably better methods of doing it now, um, go around, you know, with a digger and then throw, lift, lift them by hand, the ones that you could lift, throw into the bucket and then do that several times. And every year I was like, how does more stones come up? Like, you know, <laughs> obviously with the geology and whatever, like the stones are going to rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was probably the worst one. Full-time farmer? Uh, no, just sort of part-time. Okay, but, would you um, do crops or any animals? Um, just really animals. And um, we did sort of do hay and haylage and things like that for a bit. Um, but yeah, it's kind of dwindled down over the years. Like our house is like an old, well, our house actually used to be a pub. It's in the middle of the countryside. Great. So yeah, used to be the watering hole. Um, and it sort of was transformed over the years, you know, from stone building into a house. So around it, we had like stone buildings and everything. So they were all, you know, for the animals and whatever. But as the years went on, they also started to fall down because they were so old <laughs> and they didn't get any work done. So that kind of like, as that started to happen, the animals just started getting less and less. So at the minute, we actually only have a couple of horses. Um, so yeah, that was, that's kind of. As I was kind of happy to see I'm not huge into the whole farming life like yeah so I'm not what do you think of school how did school treat you um, no I enjoyed school um, I went to uh, well primary school yeah I was like you know it's just primary school, it's primary school. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what do you really like yes you remember bits and pieces about it like but I guess secondary school I went to an all boys school in Uri, um St. Coleman's College and it was good and it was good fun, but like, you can imagine just a group of lads together. Like it's just Brilliant. messing twenty four seven, like all the time. There's just always something happening, you know. Like always pranks happening, something happening, you know. It's uh, it was good fun, like it definitely was. And again, just with the GA background, then um, 
sort of enjoyed that side of it too because it was quite known for that. So, uh, yeah, that was good. When did CrossFit come on the scene for you? CrossFit came probably on. more the question, when did CrossFit come to here? Come to here? Um, I think CrossFit came to here. I'm sure people will correct me on my dates. But like in the early 2000s. so that like long was, ago? Yeah, but wow. very, very underground. Um, no, was it 2000? Uh, sorry, early 2010, 2011, okay. not the early noughties. I meant like... Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I'm always yeah. like, what do you call those years? Like the noughties and then it's like the 2010s? Yeah. Because you know, you can say the 60s, the 80s. Like, do you call it the 10s? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? I actually didn't know what to say there. <laughs> yeah, so it meant around, around the 10s. So I think because CrossFit kind of started in like in a eight oh nine as a sport, and then um, in the in the early tens we call it. I think there was a gym in Lurgan possibly opened up for a while, but again it was still very um, low key. I think, and then I think sort of just over the years, then it started progressing. You know, as yeah. the, the games got more and more popular and more and more um, publicised. Um, yeah. So how do you describe CrossFit to my granny? To your granny. <laughs> um, Basically, like, if she understood the circuit train was, I would say it's basically people doing circuits and trying to beat each other. <laughs> competitive you know? circuits. Yeah, competitive circuits. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. Wow. And what, like, how did you, what was your on-ramp? How did you get on board? How did I get on board? <laughs> Look at you with the terms, you know, the on-ramp. It was on, oh, that was completely accidental. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like an American <laughs> thing. Like, you know, we are like coming on the motorway. Well, that's typically what they call it, an on-ramp well, course. So there you go. Um, so you can either do like an on-ramp class is what they they would call I it but it's American it is American CrossFit um, so that's where it came from uh, yeah so then guys they would do like a class and uh, or actually could do like one-to-one sessions so I sort of done it it was actually in my la- later years in university I was the, the classic student again coming from a GA background you know you, you play football and you drink and party hard <laughs> and I sort of had lo- like dabbled in out of training quite a lot and then towards the end of university, I was basically failing and I was like, right, okay, I need to get a freaking degree here <laughs> at the end of the couple of years. So um, I sort of found it in the last couple of years of university. And then that's where I found it here in Belfast, across at Northern Ireland. And then I sort of went there, done a couple of one-to-one sessions, started doing classes and that was kind of the addiction started. Well, like tell <laughs> me about the, so, you know, the on-ramps, the gateway drug. Some people get bitten, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Why... Why you? Um, I think there's a couple of prerequisites really for CrossFit. I think if you if you're in any way competitive, you'll enjoy it. If you have good mobility, you'll enjoy it. Um, if you have a bit of a, a training history, you'll also enjoy it. Do you know? So if you have to come in and you're learning all the fundamentals from scratch, you know, if you don't know how to squat, if you don't have any, if you don't have any strength, you know, if you've no upper body strength, you know, you can't do pull-ups. It's going to take a long, long time to like develop that strength, and it's really hard to do. Like as you were saying about trying to do that with you know four thousand calories a day, it literally does come down. Some people it comes down to how they've been brought up, their genetics, and all that sort of thing. So I think it's like any sort of sport, you know. Someone wanting to go in and be a, well, you can't really say a sprinter because that is pretty specific in genetics. <laughs> but, you know, somebody wants to go in and be a powerlifter, like, you know, you're not just going to walk in and, you know, start hitting serious numbers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So uh, I think that's kind of why, you know. So for me, it was like I did have the competitive strength. I did have a background in fitness, you know, and um, I moved okay. I definitely wouldn't say I moved well, but I moved okay. It's an interesting observation. Like, obviously... You, you can't paint everyone with a broad brush, but CrossFit, 
from my perspective and the guys that I know who are in it, yeah. it's like the fit, the fittest of the fit. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like uh, it's like a coliseum almost, where it's just kind of like people who are, you know, you could maybe take like the best GA player, the best yeah, rugby player, yeah, the best yeah. football player, and all these people get together and they compete yeah. against each other and they absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, and there's obviously beginners and, and people yeah, get in yeah. incredible shape and turn their yeah. lives around, you know. It does, it does. It, 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 that's what it is. Um, it's probably perceived as, but, you know, in some of the gyms that are doing it really well, like, you know, what I really enjoyed was even just doing classes in the gym as well because, like, literally, to so say, for instance, uh, if I was competing in a European or, or world level and then you could be in a in a class still doing a similar workout with someone who's maybe 60 years old and scaling the exact same workout, do you know what I mean? So yeah. you kind of have such a variety within that class. So when it is done right and scaled appropriately and has good programming and things, it it can be, you know, very universal for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, that that is the perception and that's why people don't want to do it, you know, <laughs> because they see all this stuff and then it's also a massive ego check too. You can see whenever you go in, I remember going into across Northern Ireland and there was all these, like, whenever I was brought up, like, you know, girls played camogie and, you know, they didn't really train much or never, never would have went to the gym, sure. you know, and, uh, and then I was coming in and these girls were kicking up and into handstands doing handstand push-ups upside down and I literally had fear of kicking up against the wall I've never been upside down <laughs> in my life is when I started and I was just like all oh, these girls can do it like how sexist you know all these girls do it and I can't and blah 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 and uh, you know but that was no welcome into it it wasn't, it wasn't long before they were then doing CrossFit and then like all these girls you were doing workouts with and they were beating you in workouts and things obviously relative loads and everything and I wouldn't say scale loads relative loads what they were using but uh, yeah, that was a, a good wake up call. It is humbling going in and like seeing someone cranking out like 15 pull ups and you're like, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So plenty of people go to classes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not very many people try to compete. No. So what's that gap there? How do you go from going to a class to competing? Yeah. How do you become fanaticalized inside an already pretty yeah. cultish thing? Yeah. Um, Again, I think you have to have a bit of a com- competitive element, you know, and you have to enjoy it. I think um, a lot of people maybe get a bit obsessed across it. Maybe if they haven't, if they haven't played team sport as well, because they get that community aspect in the gym, and then they're also getting something they can fully immerse themselves in. They're mm. like, oh, there's actually a structure to this. I can get better at this, and they can keep going and keep coming back. So a lot of people, I think. Um, go from like both the aspects being really competitive and actually find something for the first time they can properly like oh I can compete in this you know um, and basically if you work hard at it obviously some people have a better advantage and can get better um, with three genetics and whatever but then if you work hard at it you know you will see progress Yeah. Um, so that is the, the beauty about it um, but yeah so I think that's really the, the couple of different factors Do you think that the cost plays a role and what i mean by that is so in relative terms it's pretty expensive yeah you know yeah. If, if, if i'm coming from like uh someone who's not training a lot and i'm looking at like a 20 pound a month gym membership yeah crossfit is like it's a big step up from yeah that. i don't yeah. know exact numbers say like somewhere between 60 and 100 is that yeah. fair enough yeah it is it is yeah. probably closer to 100 now okay so close yeah. to 100 quid but what i've noticed in the guys that get involved because they're paying that much money yeah yeah 
they almost feel like, and this is classic Northern Irishness, it's like, they feel like they have to get their money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're like, oh, yeah, that, I've been yeah, going, yeah. I've been going five, six days yeah, a week, like, you know, I'm yeah. paying for it, like, I may as well go. Yeah. And I actually, I often think that part of CrossFit's success, I would love to talk to some sort of, I don't know, like a data scientist or somebody, because I think, like, that money actually plays a really key role in yeah. getting people really into it. Yeah, it's like anything, isn't it? You know, if, if uh, you know, if you invested... Yeah, as you say, just you've literally invested money. You know, you have invested in yourself, but hopefully you've invested to a right cause, which I, I think is is appropriate here. Um, I think for CrossFit, you know, you're coming in as I say, you're coming into a class atmosphere. Um, uh, you know, people to train with. You have that atmosphere. The, the programs on the board. You have a coach taking you through it. You know, there's a lot of things going for it. And then whenever you do that, and if you have all your fundamentals, next thing you're actually getting intensity into a workout that you're not doing by yourself. Like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, unless you have like a competitive goals or something, or you're just you, you, like still, I would love to understand why somebody would just do it, um, just do it for the fun because I don't know why you would. Um, but whenever you're doing it beside somebody, uh, it just makes it so much easier. It just mm. it just does. It's like people, misery loves company. So if you're suffering, it so makes true. it easier. And I do, not to say uh, doing a CrossFit class is miserable. It's I mean, it might be at certain <laughs> points. <laughs> but it's 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 the reward afterwards, guess how you feel and what the what you get out of it. I'm just thinking about like I'm a I'm a big cold water guy. Like I love okay, cold cool. and I love hot. Yeah, yeah. So like sauna and ice yeah, and yeah. sea swimming. And there's kind of similarities there where it's like when you're doing it with a group of people, yes, there is that kind of shared experience that, like, it hits different. Like, yeah. it's a powerful drug. It hits different, but is it also a wee bit, um, you know, whereas, oh, they're, they're suffering worse than I am. So <laughs> this makes it a bit easier. <laughs> so, yeah. How did you start competing then? <laughs> um, I started competing. Basically, the first year I was doing CrossFit here in Belfast, there was a competition at the end of it, and I ended up, getting to enroll for that and they came like third in that one so yeah I was literally like out of the box very (laughs) raw like couldn't didn't know half the movements like I'd been doing it about five months or something I think I started it in January and then the competition was like in the June you know so that kind of semester times and I was only doing a couple times a week so yeah after that was basically just taken by it and wanted to you know do more as you know because more is better as you would imagine which isn't obviously um so yeah i just wanted to train all the time then and uh really get into it that way and cool. sort, of, sort of just find people who were doing it as well you know so find friends and things and different people and different gyms who were training in that kind of way and it was like a new world to me as well so it was like literally just you know finding the finding your new drug basically you know i love that yeah so you come third like what's going on in your head whenever you you come out of that competition again? Because plenty of people come third. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was great. Wasn't yeah. that just lovely? Yeah. All yeah. right, now I'm going to go and do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. What was your path? Um, I just really enjoyed it. You know, I think I just found something. You know, um, through team sports, I always really did enjoy them. But unfortunately, our club was kind of always in the struggling end, and you were having a few people coming out for training and things. Um, and I still think that if we weren't in that position, I'd probably still be playing it. Yeah. You know, so it's just funny how things work out. And I literally find this sport that whatever I put into it, I get out, you know. So whatever um, work I put in, I get out. You know, it didn't matter whether nobody else showed up to train. You know, mm. if you showed up, you got out of it. So it was kind of the first time, I guess, I probably experienced that. Um, and That's really yeah. nice because there's not a lot of things you get in life, particularly mm. in the modern world. 
like you know if you go back to kind of like farm it's like if you plow a field yeah. there you go the field's plowed right in yeah, front of you yeah, whereas yeah. you know we're all like doing screens and working on like big economic systems and it's like you do like a year of work and yeah. you're like where's the results yeah whereas yeah, for you yeah. to have something where it's like yeah. input in equals results out yeah. that's really valuable yeah exactly exactly so I never really looked at it like that I guess but um, yeah, it was just something that, yeah, whenever you invested your time in, it was actually, you felt it was worth it, kind of. Um, but yeah. So it was the enjoyment of it. That's a lovely story. I guess a lovely piece. Your enjoyment kind of fueled you. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a point where, like, it just wasn't enjoyable? Um, <laughs> you know, as you kind of climb yeah. up through the ranks and the competitions get more serious, they require more yeah. of your life and you're doing crazy training and recovery. Yeah. Does the joy decrease? Does the joy increase? Well, probably right now. <laughs> yeah. But we'll fast forward a long time there. So that's you're talking about eight years. That's probably eight years ago. Um, to the point where you know you've you've trained, you know you've done these competitions, and you've you kind of feel you've almost reached reached your athletic peak in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, of what you're what you're possibly capable of, and then now it's kind of like okay, what now? Do you know, you kind of coming out, I just actually, I just had shoulder surgery two months ago after the back of last season. Um, and then you're kind of like, oh, this is not a rehab process and I have to go through all this. This is like my fifth surgery. It's probably uh, with, I wouldn't really say with CrossFit, there's a couple of things there. So people are like, oh, CrossFit's terrible for you. <laughs> but with the uh, history in football and having like old injuries, if you're going to have different injuries and then do repetitive weightlifting and also playing a sport that you're a bit too heavy for, it's a recipe for disaster, basically, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I've sort of still hung out there and still been able to compete. Um, but yeah, I say at this stage when you're also sort of progressing, um, so I'm in my early 30s now, 32, um, it's like, okay, what what now? Do you still focus on that sport mm-hmm. or do you come back? And that's actually literally where I'm at now is like figuring out, it's like I'm just trying to do things to rehab and want to get my body in the right position again to make that decision i want to want to be healthy again so i i make the decision on a clear mind as opposed to being like oh no i'm beaten up but you yeah, know yeah yeah that yeah. kind of way that's really interesting so that eight year kind of journey yeah like tell me about a moment or was there even a moment where you kind of have that switch flick moment where you're like oh yeah i'm really gonna go for this yeah. like you you transition from a yeah. hobbyist into yeah. An amateur professional? Um, I don't know if there's a switch flick moment. I think I think w- what happened initially is that you're actually able to compete on a European level with uh, teams and things. And then I remember probably the first time competing on a European level and seeing some of these guys, you know, seeing all these people walking about, like, oh, they're just humans. Like, they're just walking about here. It's like, and you've seen some of the stuff they're doing. And I was like, oh, I can do that. But no, no, I can't do that. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, I can still do that. But if we work on this, you know, you could, and I can do that. And actually, I can do that better than they can. So um, I think probably after competing in 2015, 2016 and seeing them people um, compete, I was like, yeah, I I think I can do that. Wow. What was your naturally strongest move movement activity and what was naturally the the one that you really struggled with in comparison to other people um probably the strongest would be like uh 
just basically endurance like engine type work basically like something if it's gonna if it's gonna make you suffer <laughs> i'll probably be good at it <laughs> you know so don't know what that says about me whether i just enjoy the pain or whatever but yeah if it's something you know like a long ruin and wall walls and you know barbell type movement you know that you know you really have to um just hang out in the, the horribleness for a long time it's probably my jam unfortunately and um, what but, does that pain do for you what does that do for you? Yeah. Um, like, why do you like that? I think I think it's literally because it's like anything. Whenever you're in that position, you can't think about anything else. Mm. All you are 100. percent Well, I wouldn't say 100 percent present because you have all these things telling you you want to stop, or your body's telling you to stop, and your mind's telling you to stop. But it's like, why don't you? Do you know? So I think whenever you come through that, you're like, you know, it's 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 yeah, it's an addictive hit, I guess. You know, that's basically what it is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's just, it's literally just doing something that was difficult and that um, you wanted to stop and you didn't. So I think that's it's as simple as that, you know. Why do you think you have a greater capacity to hang in there than, say, the average person? Don't know. <laughs> like, is there, you know, is that like a genetic pain tolerance thing? Is that like, you know, is there somewhere you go in your head? You know, like people talk about a pain cave, a lot of yeah, endurance yeah, ultra guys yeah, talk yeah, about a pain yeah, cave. Yeah. Like, how do you, where do you draw your strength from in that moment? Yeah, that that is true. Um, I think a lot of things like, you know, whether it's people in your life or, you know, people who are not here anymore and things like that, you kind of think with that, you know, and think, you know, um, like what would they do or, you know, how proud they would be of you if they were here, to, you know, and that kind of thing. Like that's in, you know, obviously in competitive type mode, those are the things you really pull on. But yeah, just in, in general workouts, you know, you have to also be able to do that as well. You know, I think those are fuel sources you can't really pull on all the time. You yeah. know, it's, you know, you can't do that in the daily. That's not good for you. So it's not. You turn into Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> don't oh, you? I don't know how that man does it or yeah. did it. Like that is, that literally is relentless, do you know? Um, funny in the past year I'd, I'd listened a lot to Tim Grosvenor's book and mm. um, just I think it's funny I've listened to bits of it recently again and I'm like uh, no like I don't really want to listen to this but like last January to June that was my I, I could listen to that every other day do yeah. you know that's yeah. just where my mindset was at do you know it was like you know everything was about winning do you know mm-hmm. and re- relentless pursuit of that well that's um, what it takes doesn't it yeah t- yeah it does it does Um for him anyway it did you know i think you know you can be a different athlete and you can run differently but he knew what fueled him and he yeah. kept that going do you yeah. know but yeah it's it's a it's a very interesting interesting story his like that the last dance is probably one like one of my favorite documentaries to watch oh like. man i mean it was <clears throat> ma- like monumentous yeah i was looking for the word there i was like yeah, but i just yeah. remember it's like i remember the season of my life and what was going on whenever I watched that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was, it, that's what it felt yeah, like. It felt yeah, like a big yeah. landmark. Sort yeah, of moment. It's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it really is. When all that came out, you know, and plus to have all that backstage, um, oh, behind-the-scenes footage and everything Incredible. from, you know... Uh, then like I know now everyone has a phone anybody can make a freaking documentary of their day if they want and that's what happens on the daily actually yep. on Instagram or whatever um, but yeah to have all that footage from back then it's just it makes it extra special Like, what was the the peak moment for you in the eight year CrossFit journey Um, don't know hoping it's not quite over yet mm-hmm. but um, 
what else would I say would be a peak? Probably the, the past year, so I didn't particularly achieve what I wanted to in the past year, but I did set out to sort of work part-time and sort of like, like treat, training and recovery was priority. Um, so that was kind of what everything was acclimatizing to or sort of climbing towards. And uh, I really enjoyed that, you know, actually just like waking up, being able to eat, train, eat, train, sleep and do that for two days and then maybe work one day and then do that again, you know. So um, I think it was just actually having that process of really being able to live a, a basically full-time athlete life. Yeah, well, very uh, few people go pro in that way. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a unique thing. Was it yeah. hard? Like. I'm coming to this from such a basic training perspective, but like, you know, I like the fact that I structure movement around work. Yeah. yeah you know, if, sure. if it was just, yeah, if the, if that wasn't there, I would kind of be a yeah. bit like, what the hell am I going to do? Do you that, know what I mean? That was the battle over the year because I work with my dad's um, an engineering firm and, you know, it's a small consultancy and he is getting a bit older and things. And I like, it was was it selfish of me? I don't really. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but he, yeah, if you put it that way, it could be. Um, but like, if you look at look at the gut, then a lot of things that would be are selfish. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just something I had to do. Do you know? Yeah. And at the start, I was extremely motivated, and I was just like, yeah, I really want to do this. You know, from uh, an injury stricken year before, I had some niggles and stuff, didn't feel I could really perform, and then coming into the following year, I just was literally so motivated the whole time. It was actually closer to competition that that started to drop. Like it was as it sort of the year went on. Like I had been through the dark months, going to the gym with like three or four changes of clothes. You need a tracks and bombs training every session because it was freaking so cold during the day. You know, all that like November, October, November, December, um, training probably three times a day, and then it wasn't really until later in the year. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, probably. Probably competition pressure and everything too. You put a lot of pressure on yourself and um, maybe overstretched a wee bit. Um, and then it wasn't really till the end that you really start, like these things start coming into your head. Mm -hmm. And because I had that real, like I think the guys in the gym would tell you, I think you knew how actually my friend Lewis Pearson on before. Um, he would be in training with me quite a bit and things. And like during the day, I'd be really focused and they'd all be joking about. But I kind of, <laughs> like Lewis is Lewis and that's the way he'd get on. But uh, <laughs> I would be very focused on like this was my job, do you know, because that's kind of what I treated it like, do mm -hmm. you know. So as you were saying, if I didn't go and have a good training day, it, like I was basically a bad work day. <laughs> do, yeah, do you know? yeah, yeah, no, that's um, really interesting by looking at it. Yeah. So yeah, kind of really focused on that way, and like you know, really had a set like whatever it was that day. I was like, okay, focus on this, and you know, didn't really look to the next day until that one was over. Um, so yeah, kind of at the start, it was, as I say, it went on like that for a good while. And then I guess whenever maybe things weren't progressing the way I wanted to or the way I felt it was, that's whenever I started creeping back in my head of being like, what am I doing? Do you know, should I be doing this? Am I wasting my time? Like, I'm not going to make a living out of this. I should be, you know, back earning a good wage. You know, all them sort of things all creeped in then. Yeah. Very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. How did you get the title fittest man in Ireland? Um. Basically, you have to, CrossFit is a bit of a disaster in terms of chopping and changing. So it changes its rules every year in competition. And that year in 2020, to be the fittest man in Ireland, you had to win the CrossFit Open, which was in your country. So that was doing five workouts, one workout a week, and you had a video submission and then send them in. 
And then if you won that within your country, you then got the title of fittest man in Ireland. Then you also got to go to the CrossFit Games. Um, but for my, <coughs> typically in my year, that's whenever COVID happened. So I won that title, but then I didn't get to go and compete in America to go to the CrossFit Games. So that was probably the start then of what happened last year, of like wanting to take a year out because that was 2020. And then 2021, I was back working and, um, well, still always working the whole time. And then I had a few niggles, didn't really get the results I wanted, was very frustrated. So that was a, a two-year frustration of not getting to the games. And then like last year, I was like, right, I'm going to go all in for a year and see where we're at. So, um, yeah, that was kind of, as I say, the fuel to a lot of that. Absolutely. We can pass this if you want. There's no issue at all. I would love to know what is it like to lose a parent at a young age. Mm. If you want to brush past that, I'm also fine. No, it's cool. Um, it's, yeah, it was pr- probably pretty difficult, to be fair. And things that you probably don't realize how difficult they are and things I'm probably only still realizing now. So my mom died in twenty June 2016 and she was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia when she was... Oh, man. 56 so she was that's tough yeah yeah yeah. so literally she went from like walking uh, from like driving and working to being in a wheelchair within six months so it was very very aggressive so she (coughs) yeah so as people say whenever someone has dementia it's like losing them twice which Mm. it is you know you see them go back through the stages and she rapidly progressed um, but we cared for at home and we were lucky we had family and stuff there so we could do that and do everything we had some courage coming in Um, so yeah that was but again, it was just something that was put in your plate, and you know, you just you just get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's literally you don't you don't think about it as you're doing it. You know, whenever you're in it, you just you're in it, and that's it. And I guess probably training and everything. Um, probably going back a bit further. Early in university, I actually lost one of my closest friends. He actually died in an accident in Australia. Who mm-hmm. I went to Australia with. So there was a couple of things happening in your twenties there, and that kind of like led on to the wanting to train and you know that constant endorphins you're seeking from training and yeah. you know all that kind of thing and I think that's kind of what sparked the 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 ability to hang out in that dark place <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's know? so true it's so yeah. true we had a great guy on recently um oh goodness Joe Barr uh-huh. he's an ultra cyclist okay and he you know cycled like across America in 12 days you know yeah, race across yeah. America and yeah. he's one of these guys and a lot of stuff he does is to raise money for cancer yeah and it was really interesting to kind of talk to hear about his pain cave and how like yeah, you know he yeah. kind of in his mind he thinks a lot about like what this money is being used for yes. and he yeah, really yeah. uses that as kind of like a fuel yeah uh i think the first time you lose someone really close to you like your mate yeah you know i, I remember losing someone when i was 16 and it really really hits you yeah, yeah. and it, it hits you i think unlike maybe subsequent losses do mm. and it, yeah. it definitely it definitely shapes you yeah in interesting ways it does for sure and i think it, it shapes you and you don't realize it does mm. until like maybe years after like some people sometimes i honestly think i'm the stupidest person alive <laughs> because sometimes things happen and i'm like all oh, right that's why i did that or that's why i done that do you know what i mean the penny doesn't drop until like you know a while down the line um so yeah they definitely do shape you but you know i think a, a lot of the things as well is that um especially a lot of the times i think whenever say like a mom was sick you, you've always be thinking oh this is so bad this is so bad 
and then you had a good group or a good um, outlet, especially through training. But it's also, uh, you can get very victimized. You can think, oh, this is terrible. I, this has happened to me. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. But the reality is, like, not everybody has it that good, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on in a lot of households, uh, you know, across Northern Ireland or, and further, obviously. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's it's trying not to have that victim um, that victim outlook on it and actually, you know, trying to, you know, better yourself and, mm-hmm. and not become to that, you know. How hard have you worked on, I don't know how to put this, psychology? psychology like yeah. your own head? Yeah. Because obviously when you're competing at that high a level. Yeah. You know, I'm just going off stuff I see in documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> Stop at this stage. Well, you're certainly good in all right. Yeah, you know, but okay. yeah. the the mind is such a big part yeah. of the competitor. Yeah. And, you know, you've had you had various traumas. You know, you're yeah. your mum. Uh how do you work through that or how do you address the mind aspect of what you do? I suppose in terms of actually of just that, and I've probably never really done much on it, but in terms of sports psychology, funny, my sister is actually a sports psychologist. Oh, there you so go. So she actually works for British Athletics. Great. So yeah, she is like... Handy. Yeah, very, very <laughs> handy. But people are like, oh my God, what's the key? How do you do this? But at the same time, it's just your sister who you'd be talking to and having conversations with. But it's, it's the simplest stuff, you know, it's like literally processing things and like, you know, um, you know, how are you feeling about this or knowing to say the right thing at the right time. Like a lot of the times in competitions, she would have been there in the background and she would have been around um, and um, it would just be saying things or just leaving you to be quiet and knowing when to say stuff, you know, so. I don't really feel like if someone asked me like what did they do and I'm like I don't know <laughs> she was just there <laughs> do you know um, but I guess that what makes her, makes her good at her job you know she just kind of knows when to say things or um, you know if if things aren't going particularly it would just feel like a general catch up w- with her if I was chatting to her or anything um, but I guess it is kind of directive of you know um, if you're not recovering right or you know why is that is it you know okay is it actually overtraining or are you actually overstretching you know so um, yeah and it can just be things like that you know mm-hmm. and then I guess it's because it is your sister she knows you knows your family mm-hmm. so it's like it's, it never feels like you're delving into anything yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. for someone to ask me you know what do they do is like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah I think it is the, the, the simplest things. People always think they can overcomplicate it, but it could just be literally a matter of, you know, if you're in the middle of a workout and you're thinking, all you're thinking about how bad this is, how much this hurts, how much my legs hurt, that's all you want to think about. It's like, oh no, actually take yourself back into that moment. You know, okay, what is this? If you're on a bike, what does the handle feel like in this bike? What does the barbell feel like? Mm. You know, what can I actually hear? You know, think about something just to break that cycle. You know, that's a, that's a very easy um, example of just throwing at you. That's blowing my mind. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just something like that, you know, because if you're literally just thinking, you know, oh, this is this is so bad, this is so bad. But thankfully in, in competition, that if you are like in race mode, you just competitive nature and instinct takes over. You're just thinking, I just want to beat this person, <laughs> you know, and you just want to stay ahead of them, you know. So I guess those sort of other things come into, come in, do come into play if you're like training and if you are in like a, a heavy stage of training or th- something like that. So great. Oh man, I mean, your success is, is incredible. It's very, very cool. And especially, you know, you throw in injuries and you throw in personal stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. that makes it even cooler. Kind of felt a wee bit of tension earlier on. You know, you're like, you're, I'm 32. 
I want to keep going. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if it's CrossFit. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I may have reached my athletic potential. Yeah, but yeah. I might have some more in me. Yeah, yeah. Where are you currently at with all that? Um, I sort of don't particularly know. So uh, basically, um, I say I have been working with my dad, and all, like I've been sacking off doing like any professional development or anything like that. You know, so I need to actually get myself <laughs> chartered. What's your plan doing next year? You know, it's basically just need to clock up the hours and do the freaking essays. <laughs> so I've just like any of that I've sacked off. So um, yeah, I need to. What have, is that? Chartered engineer? Yeah, just get, okay, become cool. a chartered member of the association. It's, it's like if you're. A, I only thought accountants got chartered. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> like that, yeah. It's just you have to be a chart of your organization. Cool. Um, so just basically show you're not an idiot, then you can't actually <laughs> do the work, you know. So yeah, obviously you come out of engineering or you come out of uh, university with a degree, but you know you can people can play after anything, especially with a civil engineering degree. You can go and be a maths teacher. You can go and be. Um, do a lot of different things with mm-hmm. it um, you can go into accountancy you know, and, and things like that as well um, so yeah it's just basically to show that you have a, a repertoire of work and that you know you can't be a, a charter engineer to you know stand over that so um, yes yeah, basically some things like that which I've been neglecting um, so yeah sort of, sort of do that a bit and yeah basically see where I'm still trying to rehab the shoulder and then just see where my body's at after that you know mm-hmm. um, because also this year with COVID and things, people didn't really compete on a live stage for about two years. So you're now getting an influx of athletes you haven't seen. So these people here are maybe twenty, you're now twenty two and have developed quite well. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like this year was like a bit of an a bit of an eye opener of being like, who are all these people? <laughs> They're all you these know, monsters yeah, literally, hiding in gyms all this time. Literally, because <laughs> you're now getting an age of people who have been doing CrossFit as their first sport. You know, Whoa. maybe started in twenty thirteen when they were like thirteen and they're now twenty three. Mate, that's next level. That is next level. Whereas they literally get all kick up in their hands, run on their hands without even thinking about it. You know, whereas like it's definitely not I can do it, but it's not uh, natural for me, you know. Um, or I've had to work a lot at it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's just things like that that you know having this that skills ingrained in you from a young age, like just stands by them. So you've seen like a new breed of of crossfitter, and it's kind of like if you could draw it in a graph, it kind of peaked a bit, you know, where the level went at, and it'll probably level off again a wee bit over the next few years. But yeah, it's just getting crazier and crazier of the stuff they're doing. Ching, there's kind of like a natural age cap to CrossFit on a very competitive level just because of the nature of the sport. Yeah, it is a, it is an attritional sport for sure, but it's like anything. I think it's how much are you actually able to mentally cope with, you know? It's like, you know, what's your what's your lifestyle like? What's all the factors in around that, you know? Is is that conducive to your goals? And if it if it easily is, like, you know, if you're in a gym and you're if you're working there and you maybe don't have too many other responsibilities outside of that, and yeah, it could be hundred percent, you know. But if um, and if you if you're there as well, like if you still want to do it, do you know. Um, but I think you know if you're kind of thinking, should I be doing this? Shouldn't I be doing this? Yeah. Should I be working? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. You have to be. You, you need to be. It's not only just showing up. You need to be mentally there as well and put in the work. You know. Well, where's your kind of drive at for CrossFit in particular? Because eight years is a that's a long haul. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it was, was it 24. I, I always, I, like, it makes me feel old whenever I start talking about it. Because <laughs> I didn't start it until I was like um, 24, and yeah, I'm now 32. So um, I think it was 23, 24, something like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's been been a bit of a bit of a, a whirlwind, okay. Well, it's um, a season of life, isn't 
Yeah. It's great. Great yeah. chapter. Yeah, definitely, for yeah. sure. As I say, ho- hopefully not over just yet, but as I say, going to rehab everything and see how see how it stacks up. I want to be in a, a physically capable position before I make a decision. And after that, maybe just go into, um, don't know, go into some sort of, I don't know, going to bodybuilding maybe. Something, I don't, I don't think you could do that actually. Something painful. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think that's a problem. You've done that long enough and now I need to like just let my adrenal glands calm down a wee bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's but, uh, gotta get the dopamine to reset yeah. now as well. No, know, I, I do, I do hope I can sort of maybe come back and maybe try and like, you can compete in the team in CrossFit as well. Mm-hmm. So I got, I would love to do that and uh, I would for sure. Um, that's what like Lewis and, um, and then the guys from CrossFit when he done and I would love to be able to do that um, if it was fit and able so yeah. yeah we'll see cool anything that you would have done differently about your sports journey in particular and so I'm thinking like oh, I wish I had started doing yoga sooner or yeah, I wish I had yeah. started I don't know tracking my macros earlier yeah, you know if you, if you yeah. could have done one thing sooner what would it have been uh, definitely like I, I, an early exposure to gymnastics would have been amazing for any sport just for full body awareness you know mm. so if you have you know good core control you know just again good body awareness able to fully extend your shoulders and you know be able to get into like a back bridge and have that thrusting mobility and if you're able to carry that through life like you're like it's a big advantage, you know, not having back pain. Like, what's the major thing you hear people talking about? You know, oh, I've got sore back, I've got sore this. But if you've got a strong core and, you know, and, mobil- and good mobility, that's basically the best advantage for life. It doesn't matter if you want to do sports or anything. If you want mm-hmm. to sit in an office or do anything, you know. So put your kids in gymnastics is yeah, what you're I telling think so. me. Yeah. I think so. Okay, good. Or, well, I guess in good kids' programs and CrossFit, because it does, because obviously kids' programs and CrossFit isn't going to be... Um, Full on, you know, killing themselves. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope that's the hope they're not doing that. I do. We're like, in China, they're doing it. Probably, yeah, yeah, definitely running away with their shirts in off. China, they're doing like arm wrap deadlifts at like uh, five. Yeah, probably on steroids for sure. <laughs> There's a great quote. I don't know where I was. I was in some sort of gym and. uh There was a wee placard up, and it says, "Just remember, somewhere in China, there's a young girl warming up to your personal best." <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. It's scary to watch. So it is. But uh, yeah, whenever you see them, ones them weightlifters, like the teenagers, doing crazy, crazy things. But yeah, but at the same time, you're seeing that one teenager who's actually survived, oh, <laughs> you man. know, and not the other several who are, you know, totally. uh, back out to the factory line doing whatever they have to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Cool, mate. A couple of stock questions to wrap up. Sure. Yeah, kind of throw a few of these out at the end of every chat. Uh, go for most challenging moment so far, and how are we able to? overcome it or push through it in sports like in just terms of life general? life stuff yeah oh that's just the sort of stuff i just don't really think back on it's gonna take me a minute what happened to your mate if you don't mind me asking um he actually he died in a, in a car accident mad so he did yeah um so yeah i do specifically remember that and funny and i think that was probably as you say, it's just something you don't expect to happen. You know, you're in your early twenties. He was in his early twenties. Just something you really don't expect to happen. It really caught me by surprise. So, I think that really was a, a catalyst for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, because even then, that's when I started turning towards more fitness. Didn't really drink. Like I used to go out. You know, student. You know, three four nights a week. Didn't really go out anymore. Just mm-hmm. like, that literally changed over like over the course of a couple of months. Um, after that, so T- talk to me about that because you know. 
you could have gone the other way. You could yeah. have gone more into partying. Yeah, you could have, yeah. you know, fallen into all sorts of stuff. Yeah, for like, sure. Wh- why did you go that direction? Um, it just, I don't really know. It just wasn't really an option for me. I knew that, I, I guess I just knew that I had to get uh, an education. You know, <laughs> like if I, I, I just, it wouldn't have been worth like, Going home and not like you know, when actually flunking out of university, I was like, I just, I guess, just to ingrain fear of your family, your father, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. It just wasn't an option for me. Um, so uh, that reminds me. I uh, heard someone said something to me recently, and they were saying um, they were talking about for young people or artists or entrepreneurs or something. They were like, oh, there's no greater motivator than a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like just something that like, yeah. you just you yeah. just have to do this. Yeah. There's just no way around it. You have yeah. to make it happen. That's very true. That is true. And that's, that's just what I felt like. It just felt like it was something I had to do. So yeah. it was like, okay, going out and partying. This is not helping me. It's not helping my head. And to be fair, I just, it, it was also how you felt as well. Like, you know, you wake up with a hangover and the hangovers weren't just hangovers anymore. They were starting being a wee bit darker mm-hmm. and they're a bit more like, you know, lingering and you know all these thoughts and whatever so i realized i was like no i can't do that you know um so yeah that's kind of when the health and fitness thing took over and um went into that so i would say that's probably the uh, well obviously with your your mother dan that's a, a major thing you know but probably i'd say that was a catalyst maybe earlier on and especially in this journey of what brought me to it interesting flip it then like most successful moment proudest moment um Probably previous moments. Um, well, most well, most successful probably would be. Um, well, proudest one I would say even this year in the semi-finals, the individual competition. There was like the last event of the competition. It was the event six, and again, classically a bit of a hurt locker workout. And, um, you know, I was out of contention of qualifying for the games and I knew sort of from day one. So it was a mental roller coaster. It's basically a three day competition after the first day. I knew in the first event, if I didn't do top five in it, that I probably wouldn't qualify given the rest of the events. Yeah. So like I had two more days of competition of selling myself, even though I knew my goal was out of, out of, out of, out of, out of, um, picture. Oh, that is tough. Yeah. So that was the first event of six. So, um, oh, that's brutal. Yeah. You still obviously have hope, but like, yeah. you know, the statisticians and the, my, coach, I, my coach and everything at the you time. Need, you, need, you need all the potential yeah. podiumists to mess up. Pretty much. Yeah. And as I said about earlier on, if somebody was listening about, there's a lot of freaks on leash this year <laughs> that you didn't see. So that was never going to happen. Like, times past, it could have, but not now. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I guess the last event again. It was a, a tough one and it would have been easy to sit back and be like, you know, um, just cruise, just go through it. Because the difference of like actually doing a workout at 80% or 90% and doing a workout at 101% is completely different. Mm-hmm. It is like you can get up and carry your day on your day after 80%, but going at 101%, you're dead. Like you're done, you know, if you properly go out. Um, and whenever you're trying to compete against the fittest guys in Europe, it's 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 tough. So yeah, anyway, the last workout, it was going out. I was just like, I'm going out, and I'm 
I didn't particularly think to myself, I'm going to win this event. I thought, I am leaving it all out here. Like, I had family, I had support over. I was like, I'm putting on a show for them, you know, and I want I want my name to be ringing over the microphone. I want everyone to be cheering it. And that did happen and turned out winning the event in the end. Class. So, uh, yeah, I was happy about that. So it was, and then people were cheering at the end whenever you did come over the line. So, um, yeah, it was just sort of a moment that I'll probably never forget. But it could have very easily went the other way. I could have easily just laid down, like, what's the point, basically? I mean, you, you could have walked away after the first day. Yeah, pretty much. And you some people checked out. Yeah. And as I said, the difference of doing a workout at 90% and doing it at 100% is massive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, having to put yourself in that position is, is tough. But Interesting. Yeah, so that was probably, probably proudest. If you could take anyone from Northern Ireland or the island of Ireland out for a cup of coffee or a pint or a protein shake or whatever you're up to these days. Oh, I'm terrible at these. <laughs> oh, I really am. I remember somebody asked me before if I do who would you do out for dinner or something, <laughs> and it was like I think I said <laughs> the Rock and <laughs> and, and uh, Donald it Trump. It ends up on TikTok, and you're like, Donald "What Trump, have I done?" Yes, yeah, something it just came out, and I was like, "What did I say?" <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I really hate these questions. Um, who would I take out? Um, God, this seems like it's taking me ages to come. And the Isle of Ireland, I literally can't think of anybody. Let me ask you this. Yeah. That book that you said you listened to, mm-hmm. I assume it was about competition or something. What was oh, it? Tim Grosvenor, yeah. Tim Grosvenor. Yeah, Relent- right? Relentless, yeah. He Why? was Michael Jordan's coach, or physical coach. Why can you not really stomach that now? Uh, I'm just in a different, a very different mind frame. Do you know? At that stage, whenever I was able to and had the capacity to try and do everything that I could um, for competition, then that's what I wanted to hear. But now that I'm not in that position, and is that like a seasonal thing? Like, for example, it would be if yeah. you go back into the games, yeah, and you're you, you've got a very clear goal, you want to yeah. make it to the top. Yeah, yeah. Will you be listening to that again and loving it and being like, "Yes, come on," <laughs> You'd be like the, the meathead? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, yeah, you could be. You know. Um, I think you, you kind of do have to take your focus. You have to, like, whenever you're coming to competition, do you have to narrow your focus very much? Um, but whenever you're coming away, you have to, you know, step away from it a bit. Um, you have to live in the real world, don't you? Exactly. Like, exactly. You got to pay your mortgage. You have to go to work. Exactly. You have to socialize. You know, exactly. your life so, outside uh, of you know sport has to go yeah, on, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's very much. It's very easy to do that and be in that mind frame when it's you're in your control and getting up and going to eat and going to train. But whenever you're going and then you're going into the, an office and getting phone calls and oh, I said I'd have this done for today, but then it's, it's just come in and have to do this right now and you know a bit of a like typical daily things. You know, it's just out of your control. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you just you can't be in that sort of relentless mind frame. You know. Yeah. And I guess that's where Michael Jordan was coming from because he had control over all that and that's what he was doing to the best visibility. Yeah. You know. Okay. Random question just came into my head. Okay. Office worker listening, mm-hmm. just started going to the gym. Yeah, wants to work on the nutrition. Yeah, hates cooking. Yeah, what's a go-to meal that's going to deliver the goods? Go-to meal. Well, I'm lucky actually that I have uh, freshly prepped Sims Kitchen that does, does my nutrition. So that that's just, how you kind of outsource a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. So they Smart. actually they sponsor me and they give me uh, give me meals. Um, so yeah, that's very handy. That's incredible. Yeah, it really is. I love um, that. Yeah, so that's for couple of minutes because it's so hard in any meal you get it's always really hard to get good lean 
protein. You know, any meal you get, it's all carbs and, you know, this and you, yeah, you can grab fruit and whatever. But basically, if you, if you are weight training, you need to be eating low, lean protein. Yes, protein shakes are great, but you still need to get your nutritional and, and macro value out of it. So actually getting lean protein throughout the day is, you know, it's hard. It's it's difficult to do. So what's one of your favorite Slim's meals? How does uh, it work? Do you like microwave it or? Yeah, just microwave it. Yeah. A couple of minutes, three minutes. Done. What's a good one? And like, you know, give me some of the macros. If, Basically, every meal is in around five, six hundred calories. You have about maybe 30, 20, 30 grams of protein, um, like 60 grams of carbs and whatever number Sweet. of fats, like 20 grams. Yeah, so it's really not too bad at all. Like, it's not it's not overly filling. So for a dinner, mm-hmm. yeah, you might want to have, you could have something else with it as well. But then that's me talking to probably even on maintenance level, I'm eating three, three and a half thousand calories. Maintenance yeah. three and a half. Yeah. Bro, that's mad. <laughs> well, not right. Well, if, if I'm still training, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just moving or whatever, probably yeah. 3,000 calories. But yeah, in around competition, it would definitely be about four, do you know? Wow. Um, but yeah, so. Any one of them you enjoy particularly? Anyone. They've started doing one uh, soy chicken uh, soy chicken and noodles. Ooh. Yeah, it's very good. Love that. Very good. What's your takeaway? Like, what's your Friday night treat? Friday treat. Uh, do you like a pizza? Big pizza, yeah. Yeah, I do like a pizza, yeah. Ooh. Wouldn't be, wouldn't really do it that often, be fair. Wouldn't actually pizza get, gives you nothing like it. Yeah, you yeah. know, like at least if you go out, I don't know, for like, you know, steak and chips or a burger, you're like, yeah. oh, well, I'm getting something, but a yeah. pizza just, yeah. <laughs> it gives you all the wrong stuff and nothing yeah. that you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That's why it's so good though. I know, I know. So, uh, but yeah, I would probably prefer to go out for it as actually getting a takeaway, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, but yeah, it's hard to beat a uh, nice pizza. If you could go back to an 18-year-old PD, mm-hmm. what advice would you give him? You had a few minutes of his time. Oh, advice. Um, probably just don't be afraid to go your own path, you know? Like, mm. I'd be very much wanting to please all the people and things in a lot of ways. And then I wish you just sort of trust your instincts and kind of went after what you wanted to do earlier, whether that was, you know, in in education or in you know training and things but because i felt like i was so part of a, a group you know like oh i'm ga i know i need to go to queens and i need to go play gaelic and i need to do this you know that's just kind of what i thought it was all on that path um but yeah i just wish i had went your own way a bit earlier cool so, so. bonus sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah <clears throat> this is a long pause moment right so just <laughs> just embrace it right what is the kindest thing that someone's ever done for you you're not going to get it exactly yeah, yeah. what springs to mind um, like kindness like it's kind of hard to say one specific thing but like i remember whenever i was like i think whenever i was 15 i was kind of getting into like the gym and stuff and like my mom used to pick me up three days after school you know, go and like bring me to the gym and take me. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I went to go to the machines and do like ten sets, or three sets of ten, and everything. <laughs> do you know, didn't have a clue. Um, but like you know, whenever it wasn't till later years, till you realise she was really busy. I'll take time out of that and then do that. But of course, you'd be a spoiled brat kid. It was like I need to go to the gym. Be here at this time. Pick me up. Do you know what I mean? So like, bring me a chicken breast when you come. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even have known that then. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have had a clue. So I wish Mars it, bar. You wish it? Yeah, probably a Mars bar for a treat. So yeah, I'd say that's probably the kindest thing. Like you know, doing that and you know, for relentlessly for a long time. So yeah, that's what probably springs to mind. 
Awesome. PD, mate, thank you for this. No, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed thank it, man. Thank you. That was good. Thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate you. A couple of people on the live stream there, Mr. L. David, thanks for checking it out, mate. And we are back again on Thursday. We've got a nice international one. A really, really interesting moment that I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much for checking it out. That's a wrap, bro. Great.